Hello and welcome back to the Rich Idea Poor Idea podcast, where I talk to successful founders about how they came up with their startup idea and validated it. In this episode, I sat down with Richard Malovich, who is the co-founder and CEO of Whalebone, which was founded back in 2016. Whalebone is a cybersecurity company developing zero-disruption products for telcos, internet service providers, and enterprises. It helps these companies protect their network and machine portfolio from malware and infected websites. They've raised over three and a half million dollars in funding and currently employ over 50 people. I spoke to Richard about the very early stages of Railbone, specifically how his co-founder came up with the idea and how they validated it after testing out and abandoning several other startup ideas. Lots of great insights in this episode, so I hope you enjoy. So thank you again for joining. I gave a brief introduction about Whalebone earlier, but if you could just introduce it in your own words to give some context to the audience. Whalebone is a cybersecurity company. We protect people and machines without installing any software into the devices, and that's the most important thing. So we pretty much focus on seamless security, and we work mainly with telecommunication service providers, corporates, uh, and uh, small regional internet service providers. We are a Czech Republic-based company out of Brno with nearly 60 people. The team is distributed globally. Mm, that's it. Okay, great. Thank you. Could you give us also some brief background about yourself? Specifically, what were you doing before Railbone? And then we could get into how you got the idea for Railbone. Right. So before Railbone, I was seven years at Siemens as commercial sales manager and I was in the energy teams, transformers and steam and gas turbines. And then I was with railway infrastructure, railway automation for another three years. So that's it. I studied, uh, I have a degree from law and from business management. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about Whalebone, what is the specific problem that you noticed in the beginning to kind of propel you to start the company? So the specific problem we, we noticed was that there is a plenty of threats that are not being covered and that and that's uh, basically and the threats are known but they they are not being used in products to 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 stop them (laughs) how did you run into this problem were you involved in such a thing in siemens or before siemens or was it like Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, not not me so co-founder cto of whalebone robert Schaeffer ran into this problem as he is a security engineer by education. So I think he was just observing this while doing his job and, uh, and research. And he noticed this is happening. And then he was thinking like, okay, can, can this be a product? Uh, shall I do it on my own or not, etc. How did you know each other? So how come he reached out to you? Right. So we know each other since a very long time since childhood but that's not the most important part the most important part is that we were part or we actually i founded a youth organization at high school organizing competitions and contests for students and pupils and since uh, robert was studying the same high school and when i was looking for people into the org team he joined so we know each other from these times. 
That's really great. You already have trust. Because I think one of the biggest reasons a startup fails at the beginning is, is like a co-founder breakup. And the fact that you guys already had a relationship, trusted each other, and you have the other person thinks. That's really great. So he comes to you with the idea. And what convinced you to kind of leave Siemens and start working on it and take the leap of faith? Mm -hmm. It wasn't the first idea we tried or I tried. So I think it was the idea number 20. For example, yeah. So and so, some of the ideas were just ideas, like that I pitched to three, five people. Some of them I even tried to do business with that, and some of them we tried with Robert. We tried grocery delivery. We tried telemedicine. We tried food delivery. Everything some ten years ago or something. So too early, most likely. Yeah, uh, some of the things and. So we had some experience and uh, when he came with this idea, we said, okay, but this time we do it according to uh, the startup textbook. So we went according to the steps that the startup textbook gives you. So verify your idea, get first interest, don't program anything until you have this, etc., etc. So we really went according to the, according to the, <laughs> to the textbook for founders. Yeah, well, you mentioned that you looked at a lot of other ideas, 20 ideas, and I suppose you were just talking to a few people or even trying to build it without making sure that the problem actually exists. So could you tell us what you did differently for this, for Railbone? Right. So first, there is some initial idea. It doesn't have to be the final product, but say some area. Yeah? So in, in the Railbone case, it was the area that there is a plenty of data about threats and they are not being used by the current products and current security solutions. Yeah? And that's it. Yeah? And then let's say few three to five assumptions, what can be done with this data? Mm. Yeah? So in, within security, what can be done with this data? You can be a threat intelligence vendor. Yeah? You, you can, you can take this data and develop an endpoint protection. You can take this data and develop a firewall. You can take this data and develop a DNS level security. And you can take this data and perhaps do something else. Yeah. So, uh, and with these assumptions, with these potential use cases for this data, yeah, we'll, and a piece of paper, nothing else. Yeah no line of code, nothing, no presentation, eh? just these three sentences and then perhaps some details about this data, what kind of data it is. Eh? We, we were searching for potential customers. So we brainstormed, okay, who can be these people, who can be these entities? And then we started visiting these customers and describing them this very simple thing yeah, with, with a piece of paper. I, I believe these were dozens of, of companies. So some of them we knew, the people there, uh, but mostly not. So mostly it was friend of a friend of a friend recommended mm -hmm. somewhere. And But some of them were also simple cold call, simply a cold call. And uh, out of this, uh, there was some initial interest and there was also more clarity for an answer what will be the best out of the five 
Yeah, like, okay, shall we deliver threat intelligence? Shall we do an endpoint protection? Shall we do firewall? Shall we do DNS, etc.? Yeah. So these, let's say, 30, 30 counterparts gave they, their opinion on this. And they also, some of them indicated if it's worth paying or not. Yeah. And from this point, then, let's say, the most promising segment out of these 30, we tried to find find more of them yeah so these were small internet service providers telling this shall be a dns level security yeah? so we then tried to find more of them yeah and out of them we we asked them so let's say out of five these were then dozens of this specific case and then we 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 asked them or we pushed them if they can sign us or give us some preliminary letter of interest. Some of them gave it, yeah? And that was already kind of an initial confirmation, yeah? That this, this will work. So this was more or less like enough for us to say, okay, let's go, yeah? Because the before when we tried, for example, food delivery, yeah? Uh, we were not able, although this is funny nowadays, about, we visited dozens of restaurants and uh, none of them wanted <laughs> to to actually do food delivery right when was that how how far away was it because now we have a lot of applications doing that it was 12 years ago 12 years ago yeah it's really about the timing <laughs> that's very important perhaps timing but perhaps we were not persistent enough or we mm. did not present properly yeah Perhaps the timing was not that bad. Well, they had some delivery, yeah, some of them, yeah, but they did not want to scale it. So, yeah, it was like a must for them that sometimes they they need to have this option, but they were not really using it. So already these few letters of interest, yeah, were actually much more than we were able to get before. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and the same situation with restaurants was with. With telemedicine for general practitioners, yeah, at the end we spoke to many, but none of them really was in a position to give a letter of interest, although there were many talks. So that's that's yeah. that was the first verification. And Richard, and, this uh, th this letter of interest was it a commitment that they're going to put some down payment, or what did, what did it indicate? It will be it would be better, but it was it was non-binding. So. Yeah, if I if I if I was doing it today again, I would push more for a bind, binding and down payment, etc. It would be much better. Yeah, I think we went into a slight risk, yeah, but uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So that's it. But then it took more than a year from this moment to make actually the product working, at least some MVP, and make someone someone paid mm -hmm. yeah but before we move into the development of the first product i'm curious how did you verify that there's no such thing on the market did you just when you were talking to these companies did you ask them what what do you already use to solve the security problem that you have and they told you like we don't use a product or maybe we do use a product but you thought that your features would be better i, I think they they did not identify anything they use today or they identified something, but at the same time they said, yeah, but it doesn't really make the trick. Mm -hmm. 
So when you were talking to them and kind of validating the, the idea, how did you begin the conversation? Did you ask them, uh, you know, what, what problems do you face in your security? Or did you just start pitching the idea and get their feedback? We told them three, four sentences, what we are doing or what we are thinking about, what we are considering. Yeah? And if they had some time, let's say half an hour, hour for a meeting to sit down on it, listen to us and share their thoughts. Okay, so I was just pitching the idea from the very beginning and getting their feedback. Got it. So moving on to the development of the product, obviously your co-founder was a software engineer. He's a CTO. How did you proceed with the first step? Did you start hiring engineers from the starting point or was he building the MVP, validating it some more and then hiring engineers? Right. So we didn't have much money. Well, it was just a few years after we left school. So we, we did not start hiring, but we were searching for late co-founders mm -hmm. who can do it for some investing clause, uh, shares, etc., and who could give us some of their time, let's say 10 to 20 hours a week. Mm -hmm. yeah? and, uh, and in exchange for, <clears throat> for shares or for for, for potential shares. So mm -hmm. that was the second step. Yeah? And we found a couple of them. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And then the direct costs. Yeah, we agreed how much money we are going to uh, invest. It wasn't, we didn't have much money, so it couldn't be much. It, it was basically hundreds of thousands of check grounds combined. Yeah? And we said this has to be enough for the next two years. So and, the, and this was basically for necessary external costs, like mm -hmm. for some administrative purposes, for whatever thing we, we, we really would need to buy. Mm -hmm. And so those uh, software engineers, how did you identify that they are the right fit? Because they, you had to trust them a lot to give them some of your shares, you know, to help you build the very initial product and make the first impression on the companies. Yeah, of course, it's a difficult part. So <clears throat> first, Robert designed some very basic architecture and based on that, he identified what skills we are going to need. Yeah? And based on these skills, we're looking for people yeah? among mm, friends, friends of friends, etc. So, and we, we, we did not need too many. Uh, it was, we needed three to five additional people. So mm -hmm. we, some of them we found immediately, some of them we found a little later. Mm -hmm. right. So you, you start building this MVP. I'm very curious about the question of pricing. How did you decide how to price it in the beginning? What did you compare it against and how did you iterate the, the pricing model? So the, the initial potential customers told us. So they told us how much they would be okay to pay. And then we were trying to offer it at these prices. Yeah? And then there was some iteration, but not a huge one. And that's it. I think it's a, like an unconventional thing to ask the customer, how much would you be willing to pay? Because they could always like give you a low number in the beginning. Did you do anything? Yeah, they can, of course. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, uh, and then you have to calculate. Of course, then you need to go back home yeah? and, and calculate some model yeah, for a company, if, if that is going to make sense, if calculate the scale. Yeah. So if you have five of them telling you, 
I'm going to pay, I don't know, 50 euro a month, whatever. Yeah. Then you need to go back home and calculate, okay, how many of them can I get? How much is that going to cost, et cetera, et cetera. So you need to yeah. go back and, and calculate and then see. And then, of course, you can test them if, if, it's, uh, uh, if they can pay more uh, mm-hmm. or the reality will show you that actually they will be able to pay less. Mm-hmm. You will see. So you need to go back home and, and calculate. Right. Uh, we are almost out of time, but I wanted to wanted to just ask, you know, what advice would you have for young entrepreneurs, firstly, in generating ideas and kind of putting themselves in a position where they can identify problems? And secondly, in validation. So my advice would be that I think that many people stuck in the phase where they think that the idea is everything, then they don't want to share this idea or they overvalue the idea. Yeah. So idea is maximum 5%. And you can get as many ideas as you want. Yeah? There is no shortage of ideas. Yeah? You can look at 200 startups in your neighborhood what that, will be, that have been invested and you have 200 ideas. Yeah? Or you can look into US what is being invested in in the seed stage and you have thousands of ideas. So <clears throat> there is no shortage of ideas, but there is a shortage of execution. So. I would advise not to program anything, not to develop anything. But once you get initial interest, then go full steam. Yeah? So if you if you have the initial interest, then you need to forget everything and uh, go at maximum speed and dedication. That, that is great advice, because really, even if there's already a company doing or solving the problem you want to solve, you can always do it better, whether it's cheaper, faster, more convenient for the customer. And then, as you mentioned, for European startups, they can always look at the US, see what they're doing. But then, of course, it's like, how, how fast can you execute it and how well can you execute it? So uh, thank you. We are out of time, but I really appreciate all the information you provided. It was very great to learn the details of you know validating the idea on your side. So thank you so much, and I wish you a great weekend. Thank you very much and have a great weekend.